Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting podcast. It is Easter Sunday here on the New Frequency program, and I picked a wonderful social piece for you out there, as hopefully you are enjoying family and friend time. This one might ring true to you. It's a wonderful little intriguing comedy called Events We Don't Talk About, and joining me to introduce it is one of the stars of the piece, the wonderful Gil Glasgow. There he Hey, everybody. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, man. We got to dive into this piece. Yeah. Written by James Napoli, adapted off of a short story. It is about one man's obsession to sort of find out some you know, sort of like gossip or dirt on his neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was like social media before social media yeah. with like the way that the way that we sort of eavesdrop and it goes to another level. Talk about this piece and sort of your character in it. Well, I, I just I remember that, that, that this piece is one of those that it's it's so it was very exhausting to do yes. because it, it just the guy just he, he just goes downhill from from the very first scene where he's this laughable, likable guy. Right. Just on this railroad uh to to the end and and it was a lot of fun and 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 in hearing it again and listening to it you know, this it, it is surprisingly uh uh pertinent today uh, you know it, it, with with the technology and everything and sometimes maybe you shouldn't look under uh under all of the eaves because you may find something you don't want you absolutely know? that's really what it's about yeah. is that is that sometimes you know you start diving into other people's lives you can become obsessed about it but it's all about how you interpret the the information and it can be totally wrong right exactly you know exactly. and i think that uh, you know people are guilty of that in social media's age more than anything you know one thing i think was interesting about this piece was uh, and listening to it again it was great because um the way that we decided to present it was we had everyone speak so proper oh yeah everybody right? was very high style yeah, and high like we style. were like we were like we were yeah. the, the high uh, right high society yeah. and all that yeah so because of that with with some of the actors in this, like Mark Daniel Cade yeah. and Victoria Wright and Joanna Rubiner, they're, they're, they were styles of voices we had never heard right, right, exactly. come out of these actors right. before. And I know them well. Right. I never heard them speak like that. You, I know you so well for 20 years. I've never heard you right. talk right. like this. I thought that today, and, and especially near the end, yeah. when things, I, I didn't even really recognize my own voice. Right. I mean, I went I went just totally oh, in I this know. place. But. I know. There's a time that you like scream out like one of my favorite lines. You're like you're like you're like yes sir no sir like I'm just like where did that voice no, come from? No, I have yeah. no idea. So that's one of the things I was going to ask you was where did that voice come or did it just come from the material? I, I think it just I think it just was a, a, a byproduct of, of of you know when we performed it you pull all the stops after right. doing rehearsals and working on everything but but when, when you really go for it so I, I think I reached some highs that I they sort of surprised me yeah, you know? yeah. in a comedic way too it, yeah very much Which so because right, you know you've gone to some extreme places in some of our mysteries right. and our horrors this right. was great because you went to an extreme place in right. a comedic character well, th- this could almost be a Thurber piece don't <laughs> you think course. I mean because of, of the course. because of the uh, uh, the exaggeration yeah, of everything absolutely. I just thought it was great just great listening to it I did too so I say well, let's let everybody at home listen to this one and enjoy it maybe they're out there with their friends and family maybe they're going to start to get intrigued and want to yeah. dive into some information this could be a cautionary tale for them. <laughs> very much so gil thanks so much for joining me you bet everybody enjoy this one at home happy easter out there this is for you it is called events we don't talk about it's coming, it's coming, it's coming.
new frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful precaution. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. Our next piece, ladies and gentlemen, it asks the questions, how well do you know your neighbors? Or more importantly, how well should you know them? It's a fine line that Matt Quarry is about to cross in this next piece, a little tale of intrigue called Events We Don't Talk About. The quarries were new to the area, naturally curious about all their neighbors. When Scott and Zelda Gatsby, yes, their real names, extended an invitation for Friday happy hour, Matt and June Quarry felt like they'd finally discovered a missing instruction manual for an unwieldy, critically important appliance. Hello. Welcome, come on in, you two. Welcome to our home. Oh, thank Thanks you. for inviting us. Oh, the Gatsby's home, across the street from theirs, had been built by the same developer. It featured the same type of cottage cheese ceilings that the quarries had removed from their home prior to moving in, an asbestos issue. Matt scanned the Gatsby's ceiling for cracks, unsure of whether he should say anything. This was Los Angeles, after all, earthquake central. Better, he decided, to mention something after the next big shaker. So, Matt, no kids for you in June? No, but we still have time. Uh, hell of a difference from me and Zelda. We're empty nesters already. Three boys grown and gone. Oh, Mrs. Gadsby, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but you two hardly look like you could have one grown child, let alone three. Oh, thank you, June. My old lady is well-preserved, all right. Oh, Scott, you are a caution. Yes, the free exchange of alcohol-lubricated conversation continued. The Gatsby's were surprised to learn that June Quarry had been born with four kidneys, earning her a mention in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Scott Gatsby raised his wine glass in her honor. June Quarry, queen of the kidneys. <laughs> and I love your husband's name. Didn't you have a TV series in the 70s? Matt Quarry, private dick. <laughs> Something like that. In reality, Matt Quarry was a software developer. Scott Gatsby sold golf equipment. There wasn't much common ground there, so Matt steered the repartee back to the street they shared. He asked about the other neighbors. Oh, he wants the dirt, Scott. And dirt he's gonna get. We can start with Mr. Jenks, your immediate neighbor to the north. Ed Jenks, Ed Jerk, I like to call him, <laughs> loves animals. Every night he'd set out trays full of pellets, you know, livestock feed. Every skunk, coyote, and possum in the area showed up for the buffet. Sounds adorable. Yes, well, ever since Dr. Doolittle's wife died... Probably of rabies. No. He's taken to living with his daughter in Palm Springs for half the year. Oh, and you know that sweet old couple next door to you were in a long-standing feud with the man who was in your house before. 
Oh, well, that's not hard to believe. Oh, really, June? Uh, how so? Oh, the man made our escrow pure hell with his petty parsimonious demands. Well, to be fair, the poor man's life was a study in misery. <laughs> well, that's true. Bad divorce he went through. Daughter, a hopeless drug addict. Oh, well, June and I felt like the house carried some bad karma from him. That's well, you know, Matt doesn't usually go for this kind of thing, but he didn't object when I burned sage in every room. <laughs> <laughs> well, who wants a fresh enough? Oh, I'll take some more. Matt allowed us how he'd like more wine, but June declined. Dot went into the kitchen, then wove back into the living room with a bottle of the old grape and a fresh highball for himself. He topped off Matt's glass and plopped himself down next to Zelda. She took her husband's hand and squeezed it. I don't mind telling you folks, this last year's been pretty rough on me and Zelda. It started out with the blown water heater. Then the roof had to be redone. Hard to take those hits when you're thinking about retirement. Uh, true, true. Then there was that disastrous trip to Laughlin. Hmm? Horrible food poisoning. Oh. And then there's the other events. Yes. Which we don't talk about. Matt and June waited. <laughs> For the suspended conversation to back up a few steps, get a running start, and clear this deliberate hurdle that Scott Gatsby had abruptly erected. They even leaned forward in polite anticipation. What event? Oh, nothing. It's nothing. Matt was sure they wanted him to squeeze it out of them, but then not so sure. They'd all had a lot to drink, and it became clear that the liquor had apparently channeled the conversation into an unintended arroyo of the verboten. Matt wheedled, pried. June glared at him, gave an admonitory clearing of the throat. So Matt shifted gears and got the conversation back onto a more jovial track. And in another hour, it was time to leave. Crossing the street, Matt looked back at the Gatsby's last wave, the front door closing with tantalizing finality. So long now. Good night, you Goodbye, thank you. Good night. I think we should reciprocate as soon as possible. Yes. Let's have old Scott and Zelda over for dinner and drinks. Oh, you just want to find out what's the big mystery. Well, I won't deny it. Oh, you just hate secrets. Yes, I do. I hate secrets. Over the next couple of months, autumn arrived in the hilly wooded community. Except for the palm trees, one might think it was an affluent suburb of Connecticut. Leaves immolating as if in a funeral pyre, frigid nights. The Gatsby's conducted business as usual, occasionally visible through French shutters. What could it be? Matt wondered. His imagination collated, sorted. He started with Scott and Zelda's physicality. Cancer? Ooh, of the brain, perhaps. Oh, no, 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 no. The other event we don't talk about. Hmm, maybe it was more benign. Oh, a nervous breakdown. Lupus. No, wait. Zelda was a buxom woman. A leaky breast implant, maybe? Dentures! Yes, that's a trauma. That could be an event. Matt broadened the circle to include their relationship. An infidelity. Ooh, a fetish revealed. You know, there's a guy at work whose wife during sex shouted out the names of people with whom they socialized, says it was healthy to fantasize. They were soon divorced. <laughs> How about Scott revealing that uh, he's a crossdresser, or gay, or bi? Ooh, maybe Zelda was gay. It happens. You think you know somebody for 30 years, and then you find out they, they eat dirt or shoplift. Matt sifted through clues. Matt Quarry, private dick. 
He tried cracking it from entirely the opposite end of the circuit. Ooh, deep space. Ooh, an alien abduction. Sperm extraction, egg implants, probes! Ha-ha! <laughs> Titillating, but not much evidence to support it. Still, can't be ruled out. Aha, but what about the Gatsby's sons? Ooh, a lot can happen with three boys. Ooh, maybe one of them came out of the closet. Well, that would be no big deal for me in June, but Scott, Scott and Zelda, they're old school. Ooh, that might be difficult for them to digest. So yes. when the boys, Scott's grown sons, came to visit, Matt made sure to find a chore that would place him in the front yard so Scott would be obligated to hail him over. Upon greeting the sons, Matt overanalyzed their handshakes and delved into their eyes. They intuited the scrutiny and subtly recoiled. Matt didn't care. He had to find out what the hell they were hiding. Twice, the quarries had the Gatsby's over to dinner. Both times, Matt came within a syllable of casually inquiring about that event you guys don't talk about. He probed, that is, attacked, from many different angles. Well, what's happening with your youngest boys? Matt. I uh, take it you've both been in good health lately? Matt. And uh, say, do you two have any pet peeves? But the Gatsby's took none of Matt's bait. <sighs> And after they left? What the hell was up with you? I felt like I was witnessing a press conference. Well, other people interest me, that's all. Oh, please, you're obsessed. You are such a freak. Well, don't you want to know? What if I told you that I do know? What? Oh, spill it. No, Zelda told me in confidence, and it's nothing. No, you're bluffing. Would you give me a hint? No. Now he was certain it was a bluff. If it really was nothing, then she could have revealed any number of clues. She wanted Matt to beg, that was all. She knew nothing. Which meant Matt's search must continue. Now, he was truly on his own. Yes. Maybe it was something good. A windfall, an inheritance of some kind. Ooh, people are funny about money. It transforms you into an object of envy. A target for hustlers and kidnappers. Why, the mere smell of money eradicates their decency. And if you were unfortunate enough not to have something to appease them, why, they'd simply kill you. But there's no sign of any affluence no, 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 it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. I mean, after all, it's an event we don't talk about. Matt spent the next three months creating a computer program. <laughs> Everything he observed at the Gatsby's house was entered into his database and cross-referenced with the myriad possible scenarios which that thing could inspire. Then he would put his own theory through the program to see how the computer rated its validity. Maybe Scott caught Zelda in an online affair. Why, that happens all the time. Gatsby's were still married, or at least living under the same... Ooh, maybe Scott told her to break it off, and now they're seeing a marriage counselor. Oh, that had to be it. Well, that's an event. That's something we don't talk about for sure. Why else would they change the subject every time I mention something about computers? Oh, they think they're so clever. Let's put this into the system. Online affair, cyber lover, marriage counselor! Damn, that's not it. <laughs> It's 4.30 in the morning. What, Will what, what, you what, cut the crap? What do you think, June? What do you think? Maybe maybe they had a falling out over something political. But what event could that be? What world event in recent memory would be so decisive as to lead Scott and Zelda to banish it from all conversation? June! 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 Matt's computer couldn't handle all the data he was inputting on this problem. It required more memory, the deletion of other files. He began to devote more and more work time to Project Gatsby. When his employer became suspicious, Scott concocted a health problem and an unpaid leave of absence. 
the quarry's cash flow became constricted. There were scenes. June and Matt saw a marriage counselor. She threatened divorce. The bank began to foreclose. Retirement funds were liquidated to delay the inevitable. Then one day, long after June and her four kidneys had packed up and left, Matt finally figured it out. He was staring out the open window as he sat at his desk, which he'd moved into the bedroom so he could monitor the situation across the street 24-7. It was September, almost a full year since they'd moved in. The new beard was not quite as greasy as the hair. The once white terry cloth bathrobe now faded into the color of pigeon droppings. <laughs> he had no idea how bad he smelled. <clears throat> there was also a vitamin deficiency bordering on anemic malnutrition. Matt Quarry knew more about Scott and Zelda Gatsby than they would ever know about themselves. He'd read their mail, hacked into their bank accounts, gone through their garbage. He dutifully dropped all this information into three separate computers and filled 47 legal pads. He'd backed up everything on disk so that when a power surge wiped out his hard drives, he'd been able to painstakingly, over the course of three weeks, recover and reconstruct all the precious data. And this... This is what it all boiled down to. In April of the previous year, Scott and Zelda Gadsby had beyond all doubt been approached by a con man named Charlie Towser. He'd lured the Gadsbys into a complicated investment scheme that involved buying devalued silver coins and reselling them on the Ecuadorian stock exchange at an inflated price, then stashing the money in an offshore account. Zelda had fallen in love with Towser, when Scott found out about the affair and Kowser's duplicity, he had his sons murder Kowser with Zelda's full approval. One of the sons approved, uh, assumed Kowser's identity, and then, subsequently, the money from the offshore account, and then he came out of the closet, as if there was any doubt there. That, that was the Gadsby's little secret. That was the event we don't talk about. Oh, yes, it's clear now. You couldn't slip a razor between the bricks of that wall. No, sir! Did Matt have any regrets? A few. The quest had cost him his job, his marriage, and shortly would cost him his home. But now he knew. He had marshaled every resource available to him and downright deduced the hell out of this thing. He observed Scott Gatsby through the open window, raking leaves without a care. Morning, Matt. Everything okay? How could the man act as if, as if nothing had happened? I say, everything okay, neighbor? Matt shut the window violently. Everything okay, neighbor? How can he be so calm? Ooh, can a man that calm, could that be a man that would be hiding a dirty investment scheme? Ooh, the scars of a painful affair or a murder? No. No. No, thought Matt Quarry. No. Don't even tell me. No. Not after all his no. research. No. 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 But as sure as he had been a moment ago, he was now sure of this. It's something else. It's got to be something else. Yes, that's it. That's it. It's something else. Oh, it's nothing to do with investments. No, that was a blind alley. Maybe the affair, maybe that played a part. But the murder, no, 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 no murder. No, keep it. Keep it. Yes, with a ransom. Oh, yes, it could be a ransom. Yes, lots of money, lots of money. Oh, and Matt had closed the window a moment ago, you see, and so he didn't hear Scott and Zelda Gatsby as they walked arm-in-arm arm into the garage entrance of their house. 
What the hell is up with Matt? Oh, you know, since June left him, he's been a wreck. That was a long time ago. He looks like a cadaver. The divorce can be painful. Look at the guy that had the house before them. No, no, this is something bigger. Hmm. Did you see the way he slammed that window shut? Something is going on. It's nothing, Zelda. Something is going on, and I am going to get to the bottom of it. Zelda, please. It's bucking me. I'm going in. I tell you, I'm going to figure out what it is. I'm going into the house, Zelda. Are you coming? He is keeping some kind of secret. See you inside, honey. Honey? See you inside. I hate secrets. I absolutely hate secrets. New Frequency, signing off in three, two, one.